From the city of brotherly love, Philadelphia to around the globe, you're listening to Shark Bite Biz, your exclusive place for business strategy, sales, marketing, and tech in the roaring 20s. And now, here's your host, David Strausser. Rockstar host, David Strausser, and it's time for another amazing episode of Shark Bite Biz. Your place to learn how to grow a business during complete chaos. We have a fan of the show that is from across the pond, yeah, over in the UK, joining us for an interview today. First, though, you got to take a glimpse at this shirt. Uh, For people not listening, I am wearing a Shark Bite Biz t-shirt that is pretty awesome. And I also got here the Shark Bite Biz coffee mug. So please... Make sure you grab yours at the Teespring store. The link is going to be in the description below. Thank you all supporting this channel. Love it. So we're going to chat with somebody that has done an incredible career transformation, literally from a landscape artist to an attorney, um, you know, an attorney in the UK world, whatever they're they're called out there, um, and then to the HR field. But she wasn't done yet because then it led to the HR tech field, and that really allowed her to see the opportunities to try and take advantage to help digitally transform the HR world. And it's really amazing to hear stories like from our guest today. The path that they've taken in their life to get exactly where they are. So it's really cool that we're going to be able to highlight one of our biggest fans out here today. So who is our guest? Carolyn Mumby. During her early career, Carolyn was an animal portrait artist. She later became an attorney and qualified as an agile HR practitioner. However, it is her fascination with HR tech solutions and experience as CEO of Eladex and HR tech business which led her to her current role as project lead on an Innovate UK-backed initiative to measure and improve agility levels among distributed teams working in online collaborative environments. I told you, this is going to be a fun one today, y'all. So without further ado, let's bring Carolyn on in here. Tech for your biz. Good. Welcome to Shark Bite Biz. Such an honor to have you here coming all the way from across the pond in the UK. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you so much for inviting me, David. The idea of talking with you in Philly is really awesome. Oh, yeah, yeah, the the marvel of technology. And here's a fact. I know you all have heard me on my outros usually saying, hey, look, if you have a story to tell about this pandemic, how it's impacted you, if you love this show, you love what you're doing, hit me up, David, at Shark Bite Biz, and here we go. I mean, Carolyn is one of those people that have reached out to me. She loves the show, and she loves what we're doing, and she has an awesome story to tell us today. Yes, I, I was just listening to your show with uh, with Tom King because I am he's he's uh, from uh, Guy Gone Keto, which I love. Yeah, yeah right here, got the book. Exactly, and uh, and I'm I'm a girl gone keto, so uh, I've tried right. it. Uh, I'm off the wagon a bit at the minute, I'll be honest, but I'm definitely <laughs> planning to go back on it. 
So yeah, that was my latest show of yours that I was listening to. So I really enjoyed it. And that's why I yeah. was hoping that we could get to chat. That's great. Yeah, that, that that's good. And I, you know, that was such a hard episode for me as far as when I should do it. I kind of felt that I should put it out at Thanksgiving, but then I was like, you know, it was a hard decision. Should I put them out on Thanksgiving or not? And I decided, nope, I'm going to do it on the Monday after Thanksgiving. So that way I can get everybody overstuffed thinking about food. Yeah. <laughs> good choice. Very yeah, good choice. Yeah. So anyways, let's jump right in. You know, first question, we have a tradition here on the show, as you know, it's, hey, what's your experience? What's your background? What's your subject matter expertise? Tell us all about you. What makes Carolyn, Carolyn? Well, you know, that's just such a lovely way of putting it. And of course, like so many people, I've probably got lots of notes that I could refer to. And then you think, yeah. oh, forget that. Let's just let's just sort of just talk about it as, as it comes or as it flows, because I'm yeah. sure people have got much, much more interesting things to be doing than listening to me babbling on about myself for too long. So I'll put it in a nutshell <laughs> and just say that I've gone from landscape artist to attorney, as you would call it there uh, in the States. Um, mm -hmm. And then over from there into HR and from HR into really going into this um, a, a technology world because uh, we build a lot of HR technology. So to help people manage their people and their teams. And of course, that's become even more super important during the, uh, the, the pandemic that we find ourselves in because there are so many curveballs being thrown at us. But I do believe that people are the solution, so that we need to get our heads wow. together. That's that's amazing. Have you always had? I have a couple follow-up questions. First one is: Have you always had a passion with technology, or is this something that you just kind of stumbled upon? Well, actually, I did. I have. I think I've got it from my father because uh, he was always one of those people messing about with gadgets and stuff. He was the first yeah. person to get stuff, and he didn't know what it was and how to use it properly. It was always quite funny. Um, but I think that boldness and that curiosity to try it, to just keep trying, um, mm -hmm. and not worry if you're going to, you know, blow it up or whatever. You just have a go. And, and so I've always done that. And so I got involved um, as a teacher because I, when I qualified as a lawyer to begin with my first work really before I went on to qualify as an attorney was um, I, I, I taught law and business studies and part of that was during the time when the dot-com boom was around I mean you guys had had the internet a long time before we had you know you would not believe it going back I mean yeah back in 98 uh, this was really quite extraordinary to have the internet. And I mean, you, you guys have been doing this for a while. It was perfectly normal, but I was teaching in a college and it was not the, 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 the typical thing to be doing. And so we were able to well, get- I, I, I would say that maybe if you were in a bigger city, it was, I, I think, I, I can remember back to 1998. <laughs> and I'm from a small rural town in Pennsylvania. And it was still not as common to have a computer and internet at that time. Now it was it was starting to get more common than not. Computer prices have started to go down, but it wasn't something that every nor even half the households had. I mean, at our my block where we grew up in the the mid nineties, there was maybe 
one to two houses that actually had internet. And he knew that because that's where all the kids would be hanging out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, when we got the, uh, when the college got the funds from Europe, from the European Commission mm -hmm. to invest in ICT, my students were really keen to set up an intranet for the law department. And I learned from them and it was just fantastic. And wow. so, I mean, I was quite young as a teacher then, but I, I, I did, I learned from them. And so I think I've always had that my contemporaries are sort of, they, they're quite surprised that I feel so at home with technology, but I do. So there you go. And that's yeah. where I learned about agile because I had to learn about agile methodology for a lot of the uh, development work that we were doing, a lot of the projects that we worked on as a, as a company, Elidex, my, uh, my business, I'm CEO of Elidex and we've developed HR technology mainly around compliance because that's my background as a lawyer. So that was following me around and you do what you're good at and what you know, don't you, you know? Yeah. Um, and so that's what we were doing, focusing a lot of things that we did with our HR technology, closed the compliance loops, whether it mm -hmm. was um, for storing your HR records and making sure that they were safe. And, and you know, it's, uh, and, and for a lot of people, you know, regulations, was it complying with GDPR? Now, if you're still awake at this point, David, you'll be pleased to yes. know that I'm not going to talk any more about compliance because it's really boring. <laughs> Everybody knows it is. But it's it's important because it's I important, think but it's fairly one boring. Things, one of the things that American companies and also Canadian companies, I work for a Canadian company from, uh, I always say the name wrong, but it's Newfoundland up there. And basically, you know, we're big because we also have customers out there in Europe and we have a London office, I think a Manchester office as well, too. And we have full teams out there that handle our European deployments that we have to be GDPR compliant. And I think a lot of American companies don't fully understand that compliance level and how they have to be compliant with that if they're working with European people, right? Yeah, because we do have different standards, uh, platform standards um, from you guys, but um, we are, because the UK is coming out of Europe, we've got just a few days left. I think I saw somewhere 30 days or something like that. It's probably 27 now before we come out of Europe. Are you talking about the infamous Brexit? I am talking about the infamous <laughs> Brexit. Yeah, that's right. Some known to some as the do dog's breakfast. So, uh, so yeah, it's a it's a bit chaotic over here, especially for people who are trying to cope with imports, exports, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. In in businesses like that, it is a nightmare. Um, but yeah, so the the compliance side it is very important, but I find that it's not it's not the most exciting thing that people like to talk about. They know they have to do it. Right. And we've got a great platform to help them do that. And we do help them with their HR admin and also their HR advice, employment law, all that kind of thing. But during the development of all this stuff that's gone on with the pandemic, like everybody else, and I was listening to you talking about your own personal, the impact on your, on your own family just recently yeah. on one of your shows with Bob Wheeler. And, you know, it's it's happened to everybody, hasn't it? It's affected all of us, and uh, things happen. I, I will I will admit because with that episode with Bob Wheeler, I was I believe you're probably referring about how 
you know, just being nervous, we were charging things instead of just paying it off. And I did have a conversation with Bob and because of the advice that he gave me offline that what uh, we were talking a little bit more about that, I really ended up going out and I just paid off all that, those uh, uh, credit cards to get rid of them. And he set me right. He was a great, great, great individual there and very knowledgeable. I'm glad I talked with him because like I said, a lot of these episodes that I do is for me to be able to learn from experts like you. And I figured, well, if I'm gonna do it, I might as well bring everybody else for the ride with me because there's a ton of people that are probably asking around the same questions. Well, that's it. And you, you, as part of what we've all gone through, I think we've all had so many different experiences that have been in our own context and we've had mm -hmm. battles and we've had to deal with, you know, um, sort of like curveballs, grenades, hand grenades, whatever you want to call them. We've had to deal with those things. And sometimes we've done it in a very innovative way. For right. me personally, uh, my, my cathartic experience has been that although we've been working from home in my business for a long time, I was just saying to you before the show, you could never get anybody to turn their cameras on, you know, until right. this year. And now everybody's doing it. And it's so great that it's made me realize. Everybody except for my sales rep. <laughs> That's not He's good. Like, Why is that? <laughs> no, no. Well, well, it ended up being because he had a broken camera. So we set him <laughs> straight and he has it till tomorrow to get it working but uh you know it is because because you're not meeting anybody okay so before i i think you didn't have the importance for cameras being on because we were still having some face-to-face -face meetings and mm. you were you know the quick calls into your office or whatever you know were just a couple minutes or maybe a meeting here or there 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 wasn't the need because you were still able to see the people eventually, I think. Now, because of the current pandemic, okay, we're not seeing anybody at all. And really, the only way to build a relationship, I think, is by turning on the camera, just like we do right now, because you can see me, I can see you, it, you know, and we're giving each other the warm and fuzzies right now. <laughs> That's right. It would be very different. I don't, I don't know about you, but I don't like just t telephone calls anymore. I don't, I don't like them. I don't nope. do them. Same here. Hardly ever. Feels really weird, actually. I keep my phone on silent, twenty four seven, <laughs> and then it'll be, oh, someone called me. Wow, <laughs> that's unusual. Yeah, quite. I know what you mean. So it's just these days. I mean, if you're trying to communicate with anybody about anything these days, you're using something, whether it's, uh, you know, some sort of messenger or WhatsApp or whatever. But it's usually got video with it, even if it's for personal, and certainly for business now. Um, oh, and yeah. so I, I realized that as everybody was really starting to like this working from home thing and even got a little sort of like you know wfh as everybody likes to call it now and everybody had got used to zoom and they'd all got used to all their other sort of types of um you know video channels whatever they are using and i use google meet zoom um webex we use all sorts of things skype still but mm -hmm. it's become just a, you know it's, it's just the norm so most people 
60% of people, more than half, don't want to go back to working in the office. And that's that's what oh, we yeah. know from the statistics. It's a, it's a fantastic statistic. It, it, mm-hmm. People who are looking for work are predominantly, if they've been doing work from home, the majority of them will be looking for a work from home role again. Yeah. To back that up, we just did, as part of our mid-year review process we our year kind of starts with april 1st so uh our mid-year was just i think september or something like that october we were going through it and when we were doing those we actually did a survey to every single employee that was required as part of the review process and one of the questions that we asked them i mean we have about 500 employees globally and we asked them uh first off 30 percent of our employees we removed from them because they were already work from home people like me i was work from home permanently anyways uh so i've been that way for five years with vision 33 i'll say that way but as of the other employees that go to the office actually two-thirds of them uh, wanted to remain working from home. Only one third of the people wanted to go to the office. And most of them were up there in St. John's, which is pretty much just the island. And it's because it's a small community. And, you know, going to the office is like the highlight of their day. Right. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So that was a social thing. And we do need to very much be aware of that well-being aspect because it can be driving mm-hmm. some people nuts. I mean, I was just speaking to some guys this morning um, and one or two of them said that they live alone. And it's right. you know, it's not easy um, when you are in lockdown. We've just gone into a tier three situation here, which for us here in the UK means that's kind of like off the scale. That means you can't go yeah. anywhere. You can't see anybody. You can't do anything, um, which isn't great. But that's just in our region. And so when I was looking at this from a tech point of view and thinking, how can I, well, I was looking to solve a problem for a client, actually, which is, of course, often how things are born, isn't it? When you're looking for a solution Mm -hmm. and you can't find it anywhere. And I wanted to bring, uh, from an HR perspective, I wanted to bring my client's team together online in in a collaborative environment. And I wanted to help them solve a problem using an agile methodology. And there wasn't such a thing. And really, whether agile is your thing or it isn't, uh, it it really just, it's common sense agile in many ways. You don't need to get into it in a big deal, do you? You you just know agile is going to be collaborative. You need to listen to people and respect them and all that stuff. Make decisions and, you know, you don't have to just go in there with a capital A for agile. You can go in there and say, if we work together in the best possible way as a team, then we can solve this problem because we're as a, as the people who are closest to the customers and the products mm-hmm. and the environment that we work in, we understand all the work friction. We understand all the problems that are there. We understand all the opportunities. We know what the customers want. And those are the people that can help us with the big reset, getting through this problem that we have. Right. That's yeah. my belief. But if you can't talk Definitely. to each other because, mm-hmm. you know, you haven't got a, a means of getting together online um, then and collaborating online, uh, uh, then, you, you know, you're, it's going to be pretty difficult. Now, there are oh, lots yeah, of things definitely. Out, yeah, there are lots of things out there and, and we, we like them. We like the whiteboards that are out there. So then it got me thinking, 
yeah, but how do we actually know if these guys are going to be any good at this? How do I know if they're agile? They might not be very agile and we're, we're investing a lot of money in them and giving them all this time to work remotely. How do we know if they're actually agile? So we started to see if we could work out what collective team agility looked like and if we could measure it. And if we could measure it while they were working together in teams online, Mm -hmm. then we could give the finance department, the ops department and other domains the confidence to keep investing in those teams and allow them to make some mistakes and allow them to reiterate mm -hmm. and allow them to do what they would normally do if they were in the office working together under a much more supervised environment. So that's what right. we do. We measure agility, team agility. And that's exactly what LA Dex does, right? I mean, that's but what we're doing now. Yeah, right, right. Just one big so, grant to do it, an Innovate UK grant, which is something that the, the UK government gives out to innovative tech companies. So, yeah. Oh, no, that, that sounds great. But uh, and maybe I missed this, but how exactly are you measuring that like level of productivity, for example? <laughs> you didn't miss it, David. It's obviously okay. that's like the secret sauce. You're absolutely right in there to the most important part straight away. I know I saw that what you did there was very smart. Yes. <laughs> uh, so uh, that's like asking Coca-Cola what this brown liquid's made of. Um, yeah, okay, but... <laughs> okay, okay. We'll skip over. We'll, we'll no, no, skip no, no, over. But can you give us high level, like what, yeah. I guess, what KPIs are you looking for? Can you discuss that? Of course. Of course we can. Yeah, um, if you look at McKinsey and Deloitte and Gartner and these guys, which I do constantly. Never heard of them. They have such good stuff in there. Um, we, we're, they're going to talk a language, obviously, that is going to be um, quite technical and probably means a lot more to psychologists, so uh, organizational psychologists um, and, and so forth. So we, I try to make it a bit more accessible because in the end, uh, it's what I understand. So... Right. Um, we are looking for creativity, for example. Um, so we're looking for creativity would be one of the pillars of agility that we were looking for. And then um, you'd have uh, organizational capabilities, um, the uh, ability to be empathetic and mm -hmm. to make decisions. And remember, we're looking for it as a team not just as an individual. So it, because collective team agility is not the sum of its parts, it's not the same as the sum of its parts. So you can't say, mm -hmm. oh, well, we've, we've given everybody a score and they've added up to 78 together. Right. That would not necessarily be anything, any bearing on the, on the score the team had. So like you just said, the, the decision-making, okay? Yeah. I mean, how, what decision-making, like how are you actually tracking that i don't know if this is getting too granular but that's i mean like me i'm i'm i run the whole northeast for vision 33 okay if i make a decision on something i mean there's probably not going to be any record of it or maybe just an email uh, telling people to carry out my dirty deeds but uh uh but besides that uh i mean how are you actually tracking that? I'm just trying to make sure everybody understands it. Yeah, yeah, of course. I mean, it is very innovative. So it's not something mm -hmm. that is going to strike you as being obvious to start with anyway, because right. we are 
kind of like, you know, developing it as we go. But what okay. we are doing is tracking collaboration in an online whiteboard environment. Okay. So we, um, we integrate with whiteboards. And then you have a template that we provide you with to use for right. your team. You invite your team members to the board, which is a third-party host. And, and you, you participate on that whiteboard, but you're using our template. And our template is observing the behavior as the team uses it. Okay. Uh, okay. okay. So we're able to see uh, a lot of the things that you're doing, but it's not qualitative. So we're not trying to, dis we're not trying to work out whether you've made good decisions. Right. Just that you as a team are that as a team, you're capable of getting to that point where a decision is made. And there's lots of things in there. I mean, there's some interesting factors that you would consider. Um, and what we do know is that diversity and is very important to teams, uh, to agile teams, yeah. rather, to add to good agile decisions. So we're getting to that next level where we say, okay, first of all, we're going to measure your agility and then we're going to give you the opportunity to improve your agility. And right. one of the things that we look at to help teams improve their agility is inclusivity. So mm -hmm. uh, as a lot of people like Josh Burson would say now, who's an HR, a household HR name around the world. And of course he's American and I'm a member of his academy. I just think he's absolutely fantastic. Um, and, and as he said, you know, really it's time to put inclusion. Well, I shouldn't, quote him should I but in my view he is saying one of the things we need to do is put inclusion before diversity because that's what makes it meaningful you know it's not really about headcounts um it's more about uh, are we listening are we sharing are we um allowing people who are in underrepresented groups to have an impact and have access to um to that process where a decision is made because for example if you look at the dyslexia uh, commu uh, community of um who are managing with dyslexia they uh, i think it's something like 10% here in the UK 15% of people in the states but actually we think it might be double that in reality it's just not all reported but those people actually have such fantastic insights about products and services for people who who are uh you know working with dyslexia so yeah. but we're missing out on that if there's only going to be 10 or 15 or 20 percent of the team is going to be made up of people with dyslexia then mm -hmm. if we're not listening to them because we're just trying to make homogenous teams then we're missing out and this is a time more than ever when we're looking for the big reset, we're looking to be innovative as a, as a, as a planet to solve our problems of commerce and, and society and um, the, the, the uh, environment. You know, we need everybody. We need to be hearing from everybody. So that's what oh, we yeah, definitely with with more of an agile team approach would be a more inclusive ad, uh, team in our view. I just did an interview with another podcast. It's called Snack Walls. And it's, uh, I believe the guy's name is Mike Roberts out of San Diego. And it was just on uh, inclusiveness, diversity, stuff like that. And it was a really good interview that I had with him. And, you know, one of the, the big things that, before I did the interview, I obviously had a chat with our HR department to make sure that I was allied with what our, our strategies were. But yeah, I mean, it comes down to 
we're we're pretty much in a global environment and it comes out to having a good recruiting strategy and stuff mm -hmm. like that that is inclusive that is diverse because it's not that you want to you know strike a specific headcount of x or x or x employees it's that you want to have that diverse mindset because especially if you're working in a global business that you're probably going to have x amount of clients from x region or country or culture and you know you're going to have to be able to kind of adapt to their mindset in order to be successful with them well yes and also to enable them to help improve the bottom line i mean if we're just talking about financial impact for a moment here mm -hmm. which um, obviously is very important to commerce um you know if we if we talk about that the the statistic is from diversity wins um which is a, a report out uh, in 2020 which mm -hmm. is actually saying that if you look at organizations the top business unit the, the business units in the top quartile will be uh 21 more profitable than those in the lower quartile uh, but they will be better at the ones in the top quartile are distinctively better at inclusion mm -hmm. and and engagement and those things which not only tick boxes and say yeah we've got headcounts yeah we're listening to people but actually yeah now we're really engaging with those people so we're really making them feel safe they can they can they can explore they can be curious they can stick their neck out if they fail they fail it's okay it's not going to be a bad thing for you um right those are things which take a lot of courage for a business as well oh yeah oh yeah definitely 100 percent so i guess one of the the last questions that i'm going to have here as we start wrapping up let's get into some general hr advice because we are in a global pandemic a lot of tough decisions have to be made what kind of general HR advice you have for small businesses out there around the globe that might be struggling and they're trying to weigh, should we lay off people? Should we hold on? What's 2021 going to bring? What, what kind of advice do you have for those businesses? Well, I would say that there's going to be so many curveballs. There's going to be so many questions that one leader, two, three leaders can't answer them all. And the yeah. smaller your business, the fewer leaders you have, the more pressure on those people. I would say you need to, if you can, start thinking about using the minds of all those people that work with you because it's in all your mm -hmm. interests to, to have that big reset, to find a way through the best route for everybody. And obviously, you know, staff do appreciate that. And um, they know that, you know, maybe not everybody will survive, but maybe, you know, if, mm -hmm. if the business can survive and it, it, it provides a good living for 75% of its staff going forward into a new area, it might pivot, it might come up with new ways of working to reduce friction, work friction, which might mean some layoffs or redundancies, it might inevitably mean that. But it might also mean, as automation has done surprisingly, that when you find new solutions and new ways of working, you can actually employ more people because you oh, need yeah. more people to do things. So mm -hmm. ask your people. And that's one of the things that I would say, if anybody wants to get in touch with me, please 
Um, I hope that's okay to just say uh, that they can reach that, out well, to Well, that was going to be my next question. How can people reach out to you? Well, they can reach out to me through LinkedIn. And I think that's the best way. You know, I've, I've thought about having websites and things that people could go to or, or a page uh -huh. where they could land and maybe. But in the end, LinkedIn tells them about me and what I do. And yeah. they can decide, do I like, do I want to talk to this person? Is it going to be useful to me or not? And I'd love to hear from people if they've got questions or ideas. This is what we thrive on at LEDX. We thrive mm -hmm. on hearing from people. If, if I can help to just talk through a situation with someone, I always learn something. So if you've got a problem that you'd like to talk through about business and how maybe an agile way of working can work for you, then please get in touch with me through LinkedIn. And I'd love to learn from you. And hopefully you can uh, learn from me too. Okay. Perfect. Hey, thank you so much for coming on the Shark Bite Business. It has been a pleasure. And I really, really, really love the UK accent. This has been <laughs> enchanting for me. Thank you so <laughs> much, David. It's been a pleasure. Yeah. Thank yeah. Thanks again. And yeah, looking forward to get you back sometime later next year and uh, follow up and see how Ellie Dex is doing. Well, that would be fantastic because we're looking for partners that have got a workforce that will trial our agile team um, systems with the, with them. So if you yeah. know of anybody or any of your listeners have got businesses out there with teams of a size of maybe 10 remote workers, people who are working from home on, on projects, we would love to hear from you if you think that you could uh, get involved in a trial. So uh, perfect, perfect. Thank you again. And uh, yeah, we'll see you later. Cheers. Okay, bye, bye. from us in, in the UK. Goodbye, Philly. Bye. <laughs> bye. Incredible discussion with Carolyn, right? It was so amazing and really a far reaching interview. We covered a lot of topics there. First, if you love this interview, do me a solid. Please make sure you smash that like button. Smash that subscribe button. We're trying to grow this Shark Bite Biz community. It's like-minded business people like us. I love spotlighting you all. I want us to be resources for us together, you know, so that we could take this personal journey of growth, this personal journey of business experience together and find out a lot of cool stuff along the way. And if you really want to help out Shark Bite Biz, be our warrior. Make sure you share this video on your social media. Let's get Shark Bite Biz, Carolyn Mundy, and Eladex trending. Now, let's get back to Carolyn, okay? Extremely interesting what she was saying about the work from home aspect on this. Surveys have shown that people do not want to keep going into an office. They are saving so much time in commutes, not having to get ready and head out, that it's made a majority of people happier. Happier people mean more productivity. They are finding that people with work-life balance actually produce more. And they will answer that late email or jump on a early phone meeting or something like that. And I think allowing that flexibility with the work from home environment, even if it's a hybrid approach, it's really going to be a win-win for both employers and employees. It was really cool hearing about how she wanted to spark more collaboration using an agile methodology mixed in with our current never-ending pandemic that will not stop 
And that has really pushed this project forward. I love what she said about being agile, though. She said, uh, I believe this is actually a quote, if we can work together in the best possible way as a team, we can solve this problem together. So I think that's really one of the key messages that she has, which is bringing people together. The people who know your customers, know their problems, their wants, their desires, okay? And they ultimately hold the keys to make them happy customers. It boils down to repeating a trend that we've had on many episodes of the show, collaboration and communication. Even if working remote, you need to have the proper tools that will allow you to find success. And that is a major, major point because as we're working remotely, I don't think a lot of companies actually have all the tools that they need and they're missing out. You can make your employees' lives so much more easier, give them such a better experience and get better results if you have the right solution in there to help you. So I think what her tool does was pretty cool. You know, it doesn't track if you do the right decision, but it's just tracking whether a decision was made. I mean, when you're in a group and you're meeting, you know, stuff like that, you're not meeting for the sake of meeting. Although I've had bosses in the past that wanted to meet just for the sake of meeting. So annoying, right? Thank God we're done with that now that uh, we're everybody's work from home. But, you know, I think the biggest thing with that working remote, though, and the decisions being made, haven't you noticed, like, you're in a group, you're in a committee, and things are just lagging, they're dragging on, it's a simple solution, you're doing it through email, because it just seems easier to kind of write out your thoughts, stuff like that. You get email chains that last forever. And then you always get the one person that chimes in after you already passed that whole discussion point because they're playing catch up and they didn't see the other 500 emails that came after that email. So they're just responding to that one. And it's like, oh, you've already passed that point. Um, you know, so this is really critical having a tool like that, that it really allows the collaboration real time for decisions to be made, especially when working remotely. Again, it's something that saves time, saves money, saves frustration, makes employees happy. So today's question is what has been the hardest part of working remote during the pandemic for you? Leave a comment down below on YouTube or whatever podcast service you have. I'd love to hear these stories. And lastly, do you want to be a guest on the show? Do you have a good business story about how your industry, how your clients, how you have had to change and pivot during this whole pandemic period? Shoot me an email, david at sharkbitebiz.com. That is exactly what Carolyn did and then she was on the show today. So once again, people remember, I'm David Strasser, this is Shark Bite Biz, and we'll see you again next episode. Cheers. Thank you for listening to Shark Bite Biz. 
We hope you got some insightful info from this podcast. Be sure to subscribe to us through your favorite podcast app and visit us on the web at www.sharkbitebiz.com. How has business changed for you in the 20s? Email us at podcast at sharkbitebiz.com so you can join us and share your story. 